this is David Dearman. I'm the pastor at Memphis Tabernacle, and this is our podcast. I wanted to thank you for joining us today. I hope that this message inspires you and builds your faith. I hope that it gives you fresh insight and strength to see God move in your life. Enjoy the message. There's three main things that I want to do in the next few minutes is this. Number one, I want to lament and pray for what's gone on here in our city. Number two, I want to celebrate. And number three, I want to give you just a little bit of vision, okay? And so lament and pray. The word lament, you know, uh, if you read the Bible with us, we have a card or we have a reading plan that we go through uh, where you go through the Bible once a year, New Testament twice a year. But the book we're actually reading right now, or we just finished, is Lamentations. Lamentations. And it was... Uh, believed to be written by Jeremiah about the children of Israel who, you know, were this triumphant and awesome uh, city, but they've gone through judgment and they've gone through a bunch of stuff and, um, you know, much because of disobedience and not turning to God and things. But there's lamenting, there's lamentations that are happening. And, you know, some people live their life lamenting. You, know, you say, how are you doing? And they're always, oh, well, the thing that's the sky's falling and all this. I don't, man, I'm not a lamenter. It's hard for me to stop and lament. I want to, in fact, I'm, I, I tell people sometimes I'm not really a good long-term counselor. You know what I mean? Someone comes in, tells me the problems and stuff, and I'm like, okay. Well, the Bible says this. And it's like, I don't want to know that. I want to tell you, you know, come back 34 weeks. And, you know, and I'm like, I want to solve it today because I know the answer. You know, maybe that's premature. Sometimes I do. Uh, but lamenting is something that I think it is important. The Bible says that we need to mourn with those who mourn. We need to laugh with those who laugh, weep with those who weep. We need to be with people in the midst of their, their trouble. You know, you see Jesus. Jesus was an emotional guy. He didn't live by his emotions. But it was something that he was in touch with his emotions. And so lamenting is really defined as a passionate expression of grief and sorrow. And I believe that when someone's going through something, when a city's going through something, when a church is going through something, when a family's going through something, we have to stop and lament. It's part of the healing. You know, there's families in, in uh, this church, you know, that just experienced a tragic death just a few weeks ago. And it could seem like yesterday to you. Um, uh, I know that some were... Uh, in this church, uh, maybe your family or maybe you, uh, I was talking with someone this morning who they knew, you know, were associated with Eliza Fletcher and, and their family and, and the church and such. And I'm, I'm sure there are multiples that I don't know about that. But we need to, as believers, to hurt with those who are hurting. Not just come and preach the answer and just kind of go on, but we need to stop and hurt and mourn with those who are mourning and hurting, and it is part of lamenting. So it's been a tough, tough week for our city. In fact, I, I talked to two native Memphians. One was an older person, one was a middle-aged person, and this week, and they just, they told me, you know, in all of the years that I've been in Memphis, I'm not sure I've experienced a tougher week. You know, one said I was, I was here. Um, you hear that? Oh, that's, na oh, man, I thought it was. I thought I had a discerning of spirits. I was seeing it, hearing into the spirit world. Hallelujah. I'm just kidding. I didn't think that. I thought something, a keyboard was on or something. But uh, Nate, thank you, man. I, I love you. Appreciate it. No, go for it. Yeah, he was playing some lamenting music. I like that. 
But someone told me, you know, they were here with, with, uh, during the time of the assassination of Dr. Martin Luther King Jr. And, um, and they said, you know, even in that, they said there's something about this week. Maybe it was just the multiple things. Maybe it's that the media is so much more open. You can play, Nate. I like, I like that, yeah. Uh, maybe it's just so much more available the news is to us nowadays through social media, through news and things that you can actually hurt in real time. You can actually be aware of things in real time. You can actually process in real time. But I know that it is something, you know, with uh, uh, the abduction and murder of Eliza Fletcher and, you know, the the service yesterday. And I I know um, many joggers went out uh, later this week uh, to finish the race. Um, The young man, uh, Ezekiel Kelly, 19 years old, went on a shooting spree. And uh, around the city, um, the city was in lockdown, you know. Um, And there's so many reactions, so many emotional reactions uh, that you have when you hear about these things. And uh, there's, there's mourning and there's grief for the victims. But then there's fear. Fear, can I really step out of, you know, fear if you're, kids, fear of your family members, fear of your own life. Do I need to go buy a gun? Do I need to, you know, do I need to get extra security? What do I need to do? Um, Resentment, frustration. Why are they this and they that? And we begin to draw sides. Um, Retaliation. Um, See, I knew that. That's because, and you want to come, you're trying to find a resolve in your heart. And so in finding the resolve, sometimes uh, there's just all kind of emotions that you have. Um, I prayed, I was, I believe I was led by the Holy Spirit on Tuesday. I just really sensed that we needed to pray against um, the enemy trying to use this to exploit racial divide in our city. Um, because, you know, the enemy will use anything. He'll take a situation and say, see, you know, and speak something into you as as if that's the solution. But let me tell you, Jesus is the solution. And that's not just some clever thing to, oh, yeah, that's right. No, no, Jesus, Jesus, see, because his blood allows our blood to be, to flow together. I, I, um. I just know that we need to stop and we need to be aware of these things. And uh, Thursday morning, I woke up with a real heavy heart. I just woke up with a real, a real heavy heart and a, and, a, and a burden for our city, a burden for our church. I haven't lived here all my life, but I know I feel the pain. I feel what's going on. And the Lord put some, just some, a few words in my heart from uh, Psalm 147 and verse 3. And it says this, and you know the scripture. It says, he heals the brokenhearted and binds up their wounds. Just those words. He heals the brokenhearted. Who? God does. He heals the brokenhearted. Notice the two things he does. He heals, but then he binds up. He like puts a brace on 
he puts binds up his, his, his he mends the two pieces together he he um, he braces it up he protects it so that it won't get injured again he heals the brokenhearted he binds up their wounds he heals the brokenhearted so what's going to happen people what's going to happen in our city healing mending repentance why do you keep saying repentance? We already know the Lord. Well, knowing the Lord is, is the right thing. Following the Lord is a different thing. <laughs> Following the Lord. And there is a, there is a blessing on your life uh, in following the Lord. I, I heard Pastor Jack Hayford say some years ago, he said the judgment of God is sometimes... Uh, not this, but sometimes it's this. That here you have the covering and the protection. It's the removal of that. And um, I'll tell you what, when you have multiple things that go on, and it could be personal, it could be with your family, could, but when you see it on a big thing like this, you just pray, God. By the way, I'm not saying this is the judgment of God. I'm not here to say that. It may be, it may not be. I'm not here to say that that's the judgment of God. I think these were decisions that were made, and this was Satan. We do know that. So I'm going to say that. But I do pray for a covering and a protection of the Lord on our lives. And uh, I saw something in Second Chronicles chapter 7, verse 14, that I had never seen this week. It says this, and you know the scripture, if my people, would you say it with me? If my people who are called by my name, will humble themselves and pray and seek my face and turn from their wicked ways. Then I will hear from heaven, forgive their sins, and heal their land. I want you to notice, this was to a specific people, but I want you to notice, you know, this is, this is to us too. We can take this. I want you to notice who, who he said, if my people will humble themselves. He didn't say if the whole city will humble themselves and pray. Sometimes we're trying to get sinners to do something that, you know, we're trying to get dogs not to have fleas. Well, they're not owned by anybody. They're not following anybody. So they don't have someone to take care of them and make sure that they're all washed up and taken care of. Sometimes we try to get people cleaned up before they're even born again. Love people in the state that they're in. Amen? Love people in the state that they're in. But God does have different expectations for his people. I want you to notice what he said. He said, if my people who are called by my name will humble themselves, pray, four things, humble, pray, seek my face, and then just say, that's right, we need to humble ourselves, pray, and seek the face of God. No, he said, in turn. See, sometimes we got, well, I got three out of four. Well, then you didn't get the whole thing. The, the turn is Repentance. If I were driving from here to New York City and I was on my way and I got about an hour in the road and I repented, I wouldn't, be, I wouldn't say, I'm sorry for going there and I just keep going there. No, I have to turn directions and go to St. Louis or go to some other city, right? I'm, I'm turning, I'm repenting. That's what repenting is, seeking my face and then turning. He says, then, then what? When you humble yourself, pray, seek my face and turn, then... So I believe, you know, if we'll do our part, God will do his part. 
Well, it doesn't depend on us. It sure does. Your salvation depends on you making a decision for Jesus. And our covering and protection and healing and help depends on us. Turning to God. (laughs) Seeking his face. (laughs) And following what he says. And that's how we remain under the covering of the Lord. That's what I want to pray. Father, I pray that over our city right now. I pray that our city would not only come to know Jesus and that revival would pour out in the streets and that the Holy Spirit would flow through. No, but I pray for change. Change is not change unless it's changed. And I pray for change. I I pray that people would come to know Jesus as the Lord of their lives and the love of Jesus. It's the goodness of God that leads men to repentance, Romans says. But I also pray that as people come to you, I pray, Lord, that decisions would be made to follow the Lord, to follow your direction, even as was said last week in the message. I pray for righteousness, justice, I pray for the will of God, the word of God, the plan of God to happen over this city. Say this with me. Your kingdom come and your will be done over this city. In Jesus' name. So can I just ask you, in the days ahead when you hear about things, don't just bash the city or watch the news or say about how bad 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 our city was. I was listening to something the other day and they were talking about how bad Memphis was and man I shut it off I said don't be bashing my city God believes in this city I believe in this city so um, if my people okay let's celebrate something can we celebrate something it's our four year anniversary I want you to turn your, your attention to the screens and let's look there's a few slides here watch this
Hey, we ended on a Christmas song. I like that. <laughs> well, praise the Lord. Can we just stop and thank the Lord for all that he's done, Lord? You know, God loves people. I, people say, you know, I don't know about the church. I know about God. Well, the church is the body of Christ. You can't love the head without the body. And so um, Jesus loves people so much. He's so in love with people, so in love with you. And um, I want to tell you a few things, uh, just things to highlight. Um, there's been, since the, in the last four years, there's been 205 decisions for Christ. That's just that we've counted that's besides many others leading to people, leading people to Jesus outside that we haven't counted just day to day. But 205, um, there's been 61 baptisms that we've uh, had. That's besides baptisms that you've baptized people in your pools and baptized people in, in places that, again, we've heard about. We didn't count that. Um, we've ran uh, eight, uh, at least eight. There may be more of discipleship classes, classes uh, between 8 and 30 people that have been in each one of those classes, but we ran 8 discipleship. Jesus said, go into all the world and make disciples uh, and teach them to observe what I've said to you. So teaching people the word and to follow on the word. We've had uh, 9 freedom classes, at least 9, uh, that we uh, know of that have been, again, multiple people, some up to 20. I think one freedom class we had 60 people. In. And so um, messages, podcasts, we've had uh, a total of 38,420 uh, downloads or listens on uh, Apple, Spotify, um, Apple or Spotify. Uh, we just started a YouTube channel about a couple of months ago, and um, we just released, we're in the process of releasing a worship uh, uh, album whatever you want to call it nowadays. <laughs> and the first week uh, just came out last week. And the first week, it's over 1,500 views are already on that. I know that the Lord's touch is upon that. We've had multiple weddings. We've had some babies being born. We've had, we've had so many things that I could stop and just celebrate. Um. <laughs> it, it, uh, it touches... It touches, uh, it touches something in my heart because, because God loves people so much. He loves you so much. And I think sometimes we just think that the Lord, you know, doesn't think about us individually. And, you know, just that scripture in, in uh, Jeremiah 29, 11, he says, the thoughts that I think toward you, says the Lord, are, and he goes on and tells about all these good things that he thinks. And man, I remember when I first read that and caught that, I thought, he thinks about me. That touched my heart. Just the fact that God thinks about me. Even if they're bad thoughts, he thinks about me. God's aware of you. He loves you. And he loves so many people that are out there. We're not here as a church. When I say we, it's not Tiffany and I or Tiffany and I and a few, you know, the staff and people that are around. We're not here to have a church country club. We're here to reach people with the love of Jesus. And Jesus said, I didn't come to the healed, I came to the, bro I came to the broken. And I just pray 
that. Um, by the way, I thought, four years, I'm glad I wasn't elected. I'd be saying goodbye. <laughs> or I'm running for a second term. I'm not running for anything, but I'm just saying, <laughs> four years, man, this feels like 20 years, huh? My goodness, it's been awesome. But um, I just thank the Lord that he loves people and that we have the great privilege of being able to be the hands and feet of Jesus in some way. So can you do this with me right now? Would you just take your hands and say, Lord, thank you for using me, using my hands, using my feet. If I just reach one person for Jesus before I go to heaven, it's so, so amazing. The Bible says all of heaven rejoices when one lost person comes home. That's, that's how the spirit world responds or reacts to people coming home. And I pray, Lord, that we would be so loving to lost people. I pray that we would be so loving outside in our everyday life. We would be so loving and we would bring them and welcome them into the family of God. Thank you for all that you've done. Lord, we give you all the praise. We do this saying, Lord, I give you all the praise, all the glory, all the thank you for every life that was changed. I love you and I thank you for it. In Jesus' name. Hey, I also want to say, I have one more thing to share with you, but I also want to say this. I want to say thank you to everyone who has laid down your life um, through service, through giving, through um, partnership, through prayer, through refusing to comment on things that you see that are not up to your standards. Um, I see them too. Thank you for sticking in there, being the church that God's called us to be. We're not a perfect church, but we're a church that really does want to do the right thing by following the Lord. And thank you for being a unified body. Oh, I hear hear from pastors about people that are just so mad at their church, so mad at their council, so mad at people. And I'm like, why are you so mad? Oh, they're all divided and gossiping and all this. And I just go, they go, do you have that? Man, I'm not going to gloat on it, but no, we have unity. We have unity. We have a clean. We have clean air. We have clean air. It's not perfect, but we have clean air. And I thank God for clean air. I thank God for that. This is a safe place where people can make mistakes, people can grow, and people can be who God's called them to be. So, let me tell you a couple of things about vision here. John chapter 17, verse 20. Jesus said this. He said, I do not pray for these alone. He was talking about his disciples. He says, but also for those who believe in me through their word, that they may all be one. Notice that they may all be one. Can you say that with me, that they may all be one? Really, this is the center point of Jesus' prayer here, that they, who is that, followers of Jesus, may all be one. We're always trying to divide. What denomination are you? What what, what, where do you, what do you believe about this? What do you, uh, what about, uh, what about, and Jesus said, I pray that the people who follow me would be one, would be one people. Who are you? I'm a follower of Jesus. I'm a servant. I'm a slave by choice of God. I love God. I love you. You love me, right? That's who we are. Um, and he said, I pray that you'd be one, notice, that they would be one even 
as you, Father, are in me and I in you, that they may be one in us, that the world, notice, that the world may believe that you sent me. I believe the greatest testimony that we can have as believers is unity in the church. I said, I believe the greatest testimony that we can have as believers can be unity with one another, being in unity with one another, loving one another as, as the body, loving one another as Jesus. And he said, notice, I pray that they may be one, and he says that the world, who's that, those outside, may believe How can the world believe when they look at the church and they see the church is more divided than them? So what is the enemy doing? He's constantly trying to divide. Constantly trying to divide. Jesus' prayer was that they may be one. Ephesians chapter 4, Paul wrote to the church and he said this, I therefore the prisoner of the Lord, he was in prison, he said, beseech you or I urge you to walk worthy of the calling with which you were called. I want you to notice, not with pride, not with, uh, I'm going to step out and conquer the world. No, he said, listen, with all lowliness and gentleness, notice, with long suffering. Well, yeah, because we got to put up with the people in the world. No, he said put up with the people in the church. People in the church are more difficult to put up with than the people in the world. I've been in church all my life. And I'm not saying that because I'm the pastor. This is an easy church. But I'm saying there's some, some tough people in the church. People in the church are tough sometimes. Anybody ever been to a church like that? Maybe this church. I don't know. But, yeah, but he said, notice this. With all lowliness and gentleness, with long suffering. Notice this. Bearing with one another in love. What does that mean? Putting up with one another's stuff. Man, I'm tired of putting up with that. Yeah, I I know. That's why he wrote this. He wrote this because you're tired of putting up with it, right? Some of you need to write this down and put it on your wall. (laughs) Bearing with one another, putting up with one another, long suffering with one another in love. He said, endeavoring to keep the unity, endeavoring the Greek word spudazzo, it's to strain every nerve, to exert every effort, to do what? To keep unity. Why? Because if you have disunity in a body, the body won't flow. Well, if you have disunity in your body, God created the body, but he created your body too, right? So if you have disunity in your body, like for instance, if someone is, is uh, they have pain that's going all up and down their back, right, or, or maybe just a little pain, or you have an ache in your knee, or you have a, a, a tickle in your throat and you're caught, I don't, I don't want to keep naming things, you might have sympathetic pains, you know, or something like that, but, but uh, you know, where you stubbed your toe this morning and, and it starts to hurt, and I'd look at it and I'd go, it's just your toe, Mark, What's your, what are you all concerned about? It's just your, it's just this, it's just this, no, listen. It's your body's out of balance. Endeavoring, your body's out of unity, so to speak. So what does he say? Endeavoring to keep the unity. What is that? It's the, the well-being of one another, the health of one another, loving one another. If you see someone hurting, that means you're hurting. If you see someone going through something, that means you're going through something. Why? Because it's not about, we're not a 
uh, just a people who notices other people who are going through stuff. No, we're, we're hurting with them. We have pain with them. We laugh with them. We cry with them. So we endeavor to keep unity. Notice this, in the bond of peace, he says, for why? There's one body. You only get one. Do you know why you can't mess around with your physical body? Why you just say, oh, what's the big deal? It's just my leg. You only get one. It's just my arm. You only get one. Why do you, you know, as a musician, I was always taught to protect my ears because I only get two, uh, one set of ears. My dad always told me, because uh, I played piano and played music growing up, my dad always told me, hey, don't go out and mess around with, you know, he said, I've seen too many people get their, their hands cut off, you know, or fingers cut off and stuff with tools or power tools, or don't go out and, you know, um, I was full time at a young age, you know, with music, and uh, he would say, don't go out and just play, you know, mud football on Thanksgiving and do all that stuff. He said, you don't want to hurt your fingers, you don't want to hurt your hands, because if that's out, that's out for a number of weeks. He always taught me to protect my fingers, because I use them. Do you know, the Bible says, endeavoring to keep really the health of the body, the equilibrium, the well-being of the body. Why? Because there's only one body, you only get one. There's one body, what did he say? One body, one spirit, just as you were called, one hope of your calling, one Lord, one faith, one baptism. Notice he didn't call a body part. Sometimes we want to be, it's me and Jesus. No, that's not, that's not. It's not you and Jesus. You're in the body. It's the body in Jesus. It's not called the you in Christ. It's the, you're part of the body of Christ. Well, I have a hard time being in unity. There's your problem. It's what you've been praying for. It's what you've been praying about. Lord, what do I do? It's what you just said. It's unity. So what did he say? Endeavor to keep the unity. Why? Because you only get one body and you're a part of the body. One Lord, one faith, one baptism, one God and Father of all who is above all and through all. Endeavoring to keep the unity. So the word community, I only have a couple things to say about this, but the word community is really we would piece the word common and unity together. Community. It's we have common unity. There's something that we're unified about, common unity. Not just shared. Let me tell you what community is not. It's not a shared preference. Oh, we all like the color red, so we're a community. Yeah, we're a red. No, we're a red community. No, no, no. Or we all, you know, we all like to drive sports cars, so we're a community. Real community, true community is something that they're committed to something together. It's not just a shared preference. It's not just an, uh, just the ability to relate one another. Yeah, I kind of relate to them. They're, they're cool. They're kind of where I am in life. So I'll, It's not some social club. That's not what community, real community is. Community is a shared mission. So you can be a member, you can be a part of a church and come in and come out um, and be a part. And you just say, yeah, I go to that church. But are you a part of the community? A community shares a mission. They share heart. They share something together that goes deeper than just, yeah, I'm kind of like them. So let me ask you, what do we have in common? Well, in the book of Acts, they had all things in common. You know, they'd, they'd kind of live, they'd kind of live uh, in one place and they'd sell everything and they'd kind of have what we call a commune, right? By the way, some, some, of, these, some of these terms uh, like cult, what are they, a cult? Well, cult is the root word of culture. You know, there's a good side and a bad side. It's a cult when it gets off. 
right? We're not a cult, okay, by the way. <laughs> Just in case you're wondering, we're not a cult. Um, by the way, right afterwards with the t-shirts, there'll be some Kool-Aid that's right outside. I'll give you a <laughs> and Yes, you're going to serve the Kool-Aid today, right? Are you gonna, okay, okay, good, good, good. Appreciate that. Thank you. Thank you. Don't drink it, though, Ann. Okay, don't drink it, though. Okay. Um, but what do we have in common? Well, God's called us to have a shared mission. We're not a, we are a community with a shared mission. Not just we attend the same church. If you're a part of Memphis Tabernacle... You, by the way, if you don't share the mission, you're still allowed to attend. Amen. But you're not part of the community. Amen. Community is not just something you do. Community is something you are. So when you, if you really want to be a part of a community, you, do, you have to check your, your life or how many other communities you're involved in. And what the Lord's calling you to do. Community. Um, we are a part of a community with a shared mission, not just attend church, but we have a shared mission. So I want you to do this. Would you pull out these cards right here? I want you to just look at this. I'm not going to go into this deep because you already know this, but we're going to keep these cards in our seat back pocket um, in, in church here. But I'd like for you to, you know, if, if, even for a while, just keep it with, in your Bible. This is probably what we'll go over to in our Growing Together class. But we just kind of narrowed it down to four things four main things that we want everybody to know about in this community. Number one is our mission. Our mission's all about people. If you're not about people, <laughs> then get your heart about people because Jesus is all about people. He's all about people. We're all about God. Okay, God's all about people. So now are you all about people? <laughs> okay, notice this. People encounter God. God's presence is the most important thing at this church. They walk in freedom. Freedom is important. Not just to call yourself a Christian, but to walk free to follow Christ. So many times we're so bound with things that we can't be free. And the, Jesus said, uh, whom the Son sets free is free indeed. So we know ultimately Jesus frees you. But it's not just through, I need to get someone else to pray for me because I'm not free yet. No, Jesus said in John 8, 31, 32, if you continue in my word you are my disciples indeed, and you'll know the truth, and the truth will make you free. He didn't say the truth will make you free. He said the truth that you know will make you free. So it's knowing the truth. Uh, and then live out, live out their destiny in Christ Jesus. Our church, Memphis Tabernacle, is not about a show. It's not about a preacher. It's not about a worship team. It's not about uh, the dream team or a few people. It's not some show. No, listen, it's a people who all have callings, and there is something that you may have callings, and the majority of your calling or a big part of your calling is outside the walls of this church. But as a community, part of your calling is inside the walls of this church too. So what we share in common is that we are a part of a community who serves one another. That's, that's just what we do with the gifts God's called us to. With the gifts God's called. So a big part of what we want to do is help you find your gifts. Really, you catch those from the Lord, but in any way we can do it and help you be released in your calling to be able to, uh, at least on the, the, the circle, you have a circle outside, but at least on the part with the church, that you're able to serve people in the church and also serve people through the church. Uh, okay? Our culture, our culture is four things. Number one is love. 
We can't step on people, bash people to get a goal. People is what it's all about. So we love God and we love people at all times. Number two is presence. We dwell in the presence, peace, and joy of God. What does the word say? Righteousness, peace. Righteousness, peace, joy in the Holy Okay, you may not know that, but um, righteousness, peace, joy in the Holy Ghost, that is the kingdom of God. Joy in the Holy Spirit, that's the kingdom of God. And then, uh, so we live, we're aware of the presence of God. Listen, if God is not on this church, if God is not moving amongst us, if God is not leading and his presence is not evident, I will not continue to come here. <laughs> Much less wanting you to, you to come here. I want it to follow the presence of God. I want God's presence upon everything we do. Uh, the next one is humility. We serve one another with grateful hearts. It is not about climbing a ladder. It is not about trying to, uh, to be something. No, it's about serving one another. Humility, serving one another. Jesus said the greatest leader is your servant. And I, I see people all the time that go, I'm trying to find my place. Okay, get on the ground. Because Jesus said the greatest leader is your servant. Remember he displayed that by washing their feet. And he said, I want you to go. I, he said, I did this, by the way, as an example. You go do likewise. We should be serving, right, humility. Uh, and then all in. We're a, look at this. We're a united community with a shared mission. We're a united community. What makes us part of this church is not signing your name on a line. It's that we share heart and mission. We believe that Jesus has called us here, and we share heart and mission together. So turn it over. Our big four, the four things we do is this. We have Sunday worship. We have Tuesday prayer. We have small groups. What are small groups? It's times life on life where we get to know one another. Uh, and, and by the way, small groups are, we have a few key areas in that freedom and discipleship. I say start there if you've never been through freedom, never been through discipleship. As soon as we have it, start there. Sign up next week to be in discipleship. Right after that, we're going to have discipleship too. And we're going to have a freedom class um, uh, after that. Youth and young adults, I keep telling you youth is coming. I'm declaring it. I'm saying it. It's coming. God's calling people for youth. Women and men. Married and single, sports and creative. We have a softball team that's going. Somebody say amen. God hasn't called us to have a softball team to lose either. I'm, okay. No, that, that's me. That's not the Lord. That's me. Okay. That's just me. That's just me. That's just me. Okay. But we do want to win. Okay. Um, and then Sunday worship, Tuesday prayer, small groups, and outreach. Outreach. There's a lot of ministry in the church and through the church, but there's a lot of ministry outside the church, amen? We live the majority of our lives outside the church. But through the church, there's something that, you know, people say, well, I have my own ministry. Well, there is something. They don't, there's not a few people that are sitting in here in church and saying, yeah, that, their ministry is only through the church. We all have stuff outside the church. But there is something God's called us together and, and to use your gifts. And so we're calling our outreach events City Lights. Jesus said you'll be like a light on the hill. So um, we want to start with the, with the things that are going on in our city. Mercy Street, which is food and immediate needs. And then Embrace Grace. We have a table right out here, um, which is uh, for single pregnant moms. There are other things that are going on, we understand. But these are three outreach 
things that we are highlighting and focusing on, okay? So that's our big four. Sunday worship, say it with me, Sunday worship. Tuesday prayer, small groups, outreach. Say it one more time. Sunday worship, Tuesday prayer, small groups, outreach. Let me see how good of a memory you have. Ready? Sunday worship, Tuesday prayer. Yeah. I want to be involved in, in, uh, at the church. I want to feel plugged in. I want to feel connected. Hold on to this card, okay? Your big four, your big four. So together, our big four, our big four is not us and you. It, you are the our. You are our big four, okay? We're all together in our big four. But then your big four, that's including me, our, my big four, is come and invite others. Show up to church. I, I, I believe in online. I love online. <laughs> I love you. <laughs> no, I believe in online. I like online. But listen, when you have the opportunity, get to church. Come to church. Come to church. Whatever pattern you have of, well, I come every. No, come to church. Come to church when the doors are open. Even when Tiffany and I are on vacation, she knows and my family knows, I'll say, where's a church around if I'm out of town? Where's a church? Why? Because I want to get with other believers. Church isn't a job to me. Church is my, is my family. It's the body. You don't take a break from, you know. I won't go on. Okay. But invite others. Invite others. Someone needs Jesus. Someone needs a family. Someone needs someone. And so let the Lord use you. Number two, find a small group. Uh, you can take this paper or you can just log on to MemphisTabernacle.com and find a small group on that. Discover your gifts. We have that today. Just has, so happens we have that today. It actually is by coincidence, but we have a discover your gifts afterwards and then serve others. Uh, that, that is our vision. It's, it's pretty simple, right, pretty simple. Uh, our mission, our culture is how we do it. Our big four and your big four uh, is community. Nate, you can come up and play those um, Lamentation pads. Hey, by the way, if you haven't gone onto YouTube and uh, subscribed and uh, and liked that video, um, uh, do that. And let me tell you why. It actually ups the the um, the the way that the number or the things work in YouTube. That they, if it gets more likes and it gets more things like that, then they'll put it out more and things like that. Um, I'm not to, here to just try to promote that, but I'm, here, I'm not here not to promote that either, okay? So, um, so this is what we share together. Uh, can I just ask, let's endeavor to keep the unity. Church, that's what I'm going to ask you to commit to today. We're done. That's what I'm going to ask you to commit to is to endeavor to keep the unity, to be community. What is community? It's a shared mission. It's a shared people. If you have something against someone, if you have something against me, if you have something against, kid, Jesus said, if you have something against someone, you have, leave your gift at the altar and, and go get it right with them. Go get it right with them. Man, I've had to humble myself so many times this week. <laughs> I've had to apologize so many times this week. I apologize to my kids. I correct, I, I correct them, but maybe I overcorrect them. I have to come back and say, hey, 
what I said may be right the way I said it. I wasn't right. Would you forgive me for that? Why? Because if I can't admit my stuff, how can I expect them to admit their stuff? You know what I mean? No one's above it. Let's, 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 let's pray and, and uh, bring ourselves before the Lord as, as we close here. Would you open your heart to the Lord right now? Open your hands to the Lord right now. Say, Lord, I open my heart to you today and I commit myself to community, shared mission. And maybe some in here might want to pray, Lord, are you calling me here? Maybe you haven't tapped in or you haven't pressed in or you've been questioning that. Lord, am I you calling? You don't choose your family. You know, some people, you might not even be embarrassed of your family, your, your, your birth family. You don't choose your church. The Lord chooses where you're supposed to be. This church has a lot of problems. Well, maybe you're the solution. <laughs> or this church doesn't need me. Well, maybe you don't know everything that's needed. Holy Spirit, I ask right now that you would create a sense of openness and belonging with every person that's in here today. I pray, Lord, that as we celebrated four years, I'd now realize that four years are behind us. (laughs) Now, like Paul said, one thing I do, forgetting the last four years, I press forward to what's ahead. Forgetting the things that are behind, I I press forward to the things which are ahead. And Father, in the name of Jesus, I pray that we would press forward into the things that you've called us to. Father, I pray for the leadership in this church. Pray for myself. I pray that you give us a spirit of wisdom and revelation and the knowledge of you to follow the plans and paths of God and to leave the things that don't matter behind. Lord, I pray that more than ever before, people would come to know Jesus. People would, that the church of God would be built up and unified. I pray for every chair in this auditorium to be full. Multiple services. Not for our name, but so that people can experience the presence of God. I pray that during this week we would go out and be world changers and witnesses and share the gospel of Jesus Christ. That we would be lovers, that people wouldn't identify with us as people who are stuffy or people who are believers that are judging them. I pray that they would know us as followers who are loving them. Help us to be your hands and feet. And Father, we commit to unity. Would you tell him that right now? I commit to unity and community. Whatever way you're you're calling us to step out and step forward to be part of this community and the vision you've called us together, I pray that you'd lead us and guide us in Jesus' name. Well, I hope you enjoyed the podcast today. And if you did, I'd like to ask you to subscribe to our show. That way, the most recent episode will always be in your feed, ready when you are. God bless you, and I'll see you next time on the Memphis Tabernacle Podcast.